Yeah, great fun game. It's um, it's an awesome toilet game. Yeah, <laughs> like a good hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you got to poop for an hour. Oh, yeah. Do all your best work hovering three feet above feces. Yeah. Welcome to this episode of the Board Game Chinwag. I'll be your host this evening. My name is Dave. Um, I have three wonderful gentlemen with me, as usual, for this evening's uh, festivities. So I have uh, Shane. A good evening. I have G. Dollarsign. Sup. And Steve. Hello. Uh, today we're actually going to stick on topic as much as possible and talk a fair bit about board gaming. Um, and try and keep up the rare vein of form that we've hit with uh, the podcast. So we're coming into almost double-digit episodes, and the last few have been reportedly reasonably uh, good listening. So please yeah. make sure... No, no, no thanks to us for, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, absolutely no thanks to us for. No. <laughs> we had some key guests that came along and uh, definitely upped the quality of the show. So I'm sure tonight with just the four of us, you'll, uh, you'll hear lots of cuss words and you'll um, regret listening to it as usual. Yes. But for those that do listen, thank you very much. We appreciate you, especially if your name's Shane. There is a couple of those out there. That's half our audience, I think. Half our audience is Shane, Dave's, and Matt's. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I must say thank you to whoever that person was that gave us a five-star review on our oh, really? podcast. Yeah. There you I go. stumbled across it today. Thanks, You're welcome. Mum. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. So the topic, thanks to Helen from the last episode, is going to be uh, games that we like to teach. So uh, as a general topic, tonight we'll be talking about teaching board games. There's a lot of aspects to it. Um, I think the four of us are reasonably well established and have done teaching, um, both good and bad. So we'll, we'll work through the gamut of, uh, of things tonight. Uh, first of all, how are you guys? We've had a good gaming weekend. I don't know about you guys, but I'm back to work tomorrow and, and very unfortunately... Uh, would rather be playing games on holidays for a bit longer. Yep, back to work tomorrow for me. But managed to squeeze in a few more games beforehand, so pretty pumped to get back to work. I've got I've got five days to go, and then I'm on leave for two weeks. So looking forward to that. And um, again, yes, so I I did get a couple of games to the table, thanks to Lucky Phil's birthday. Uh, but I did some painting today of my Blood Rage minis. Kind of sat there and did four of the the bear clan. Very nice. Yeah. I've been back at work for a week, but uh, that has stopped my son continually asking me to play board games. So that's been awesome. We uh, we played three scenarios of Jaws and Lion today and uh, got three wins, which was nice. We both we both leveled up to level five. So he's got his new favorite, and I've got my mech suit. So we're uh, ready to go on and take on the world. It's awesome. Nice, beautiful. Very, very good time. The new favourite is such a good card. Mm. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> uh, well, good to hear. So um, let's kick it off with a question. So um, we'll follow up with the actual topic question. What is a game that we love to teach? So uh, I, I will go with G-Money first because I think I, I know what you might be talking about. All right. So a game that I've taught a few times and really enjoy doing is Everdell. Um, I'm a big fan of games that appeal to a broad audience, 
So it appeals to, you know, not huge players of board games and also people that really like a bit of crunch or a little bit of, you know, strategy. Um, uh, I'd fallen off the Everdell wagon a little bit. Um, I'd played a lot of the base game and then played Spycrest a bit, played Pearlbrook a bit. But when the big collection arrived, um, playing with the new train expansion really sets the game up to use all the expansions at once. And I was, to be honest, I was pretty impressed. Like, putting all of the content together in one game, it's no longer what you would classify, in my opinion, as a kid's game. It's got a fair bit going on. And, um, yeah, the scores jumped from usually around 50 to 60 was a good score. And the three of us, we all had over 100 in our first game with all the expansions. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to teaching it with all the expansions soon, hopefully. So... How many expansions is there now? For the, for uh, the... Four, I believe. There's Belfair, Pearlbrook, Spirecrest, and the Train, New Leaf. So there's four expansions all up, if you don't count the extra cards and stuff like that. So. Hmm. Nice. And you've put the stickers in the little... I, unfortunately, stickers. yeah, did all the stickers, unfortunately, and sleeved all the cards. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an effort. Brilliant. So when I play Everdell for the second time, I'm going to play your set because you've done all that extra work. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like, to put it into context, it's not the most, you know, engaging game I've ever played. But for me, it's just like everyone can get involved with it. If you only play it once or twice, you'll probably hopefully enjoy the game. Then you might go, okay, look, I've played other things that does that better or not really my style, but I'm I'm hoping, I'm pretty sure there's not many people that would just flat out hate it. Yeah. Yeah, hard to do. And I think we, we talked about it. I had never played it, um, but decided that I probably should. So I went all in on the full collection because <laughs> why not get it all in one go, right? Um, so good to hear that it actually makes it quite a good, like well-rounded product, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hopefully, hopefully getting like even a, try to get a six-player game of it going with all the expansion. So mm-hmm. nice. Right. Thanks, G Money. Uh, Shane, what about you? What's one of your favorite teachers? Yeah, I think um, one of my favorite games I like to teach is just your, your, your easy games that a non gamer can get into. So if you're trying to introduce someone into the board gaming realms, and uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg is such That's a fun a game to teach because you, you, it's that push your luck. You, you see the emotion on everyone's face when they, they pull that next shit out and it makes the pot explode and everyone's having a laugh. It's noisy. Um, so I, I think for me, anything that you can engage people in in, in different types of emotions, um, especially when it's their first game or first game into the, the board gaming realm, um, you know, Quacks of Quedlinburg is a great game to teach. I, always, I also like the, the fact that, you know, it's that bag builder so, you know, it, you know, if you've got the blinged out set, everyone's putting their hand in it. It's chinky, chinky, chinky. It's really loud. Mm. Um, and then you have the fun and laughter that comes with that game. Super easy to teach. Um, but when you first lay it all out, everyone thinks, oh, this is going to be really hard, really difficult. Um, but then you take them through the first couple of rounds and uh, it's, it's mm. simple and fun. And generally, I, I haven't had any, uh, you know, poor reactions at the end of that game. Um, so, yeah, Quats and Quedlinburg. Definitely one of my favourites to teach. Nice. Crack, cracking game too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's hard to have a bad game of it. Yeah, yeah. very hard to have a bad game. Um, 
I, I even think, <clears throat> I think it was probably one of the first board games I actually ever taught at a game day or a game night. And um, so from someone that's come from playing board games to not really teaching, it was actually a good game to for me to learn how to teach games, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. And how about expansions? Like I know there is a couple and G talked about Everdell sort of having a few expansions that adds to the experience. Um, how do you go with adding in or teaching through the expansions? Yeah, so I've only ever played Quacks with the base game. Yeah. I hear the Herbs and Witches expansion does take it to the next level, uh, but I've never, I've never played it. Um, I really just ever, uh, I only own the base, base game of Quacks. Um, I blinged it out a bit, and um, yeah, never, never expanded it on. So be, I'd be, I'd be open to anyone else that's played that if it does add yeah. to it. Well, it was actually going to be one of the ones on my list of games that I like to teach. And one of the reasons why I like to teach it is uh, with the expansion, I've got, I've, I haven't actually even tried Alchemist yet, but just the Herb Witches expansion. When I do my explanation of how the game works, I get to the end of the base game sort of style of explanation and the Herb Witches just add stuff. So it's really easy just to sort of throw it in there. and, so, and But it's also really easy to gauge how everyone has taken in the information you've given them and then make a judgment call right then and there, you know what, we're just not going to play with the Herb Witches. So you can just leave it till the end. And if you get a gauge, like everyone's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. And oh, what does this chip do? And what does that tip do? You can go, cool, we also have these three Herb Witches that we're going to look at, and they do this, that, and the other. But if they're just looking at it, sort of still looking a bit confused and not not confident, you just be like, cool, I'll just put those back in the box and we won't even talk about them. Let's start. So I really like that about the game. It doesn't add too much complexity, but it's in it, but it's easy enough just to just, chop out if if the if it requires it i think one you bang on right there i think one thing i learned uh when i first started teaching the game was to kind of sit back and and watch everyone as they're drawing their chits out to help them okay so you've drawn a blue chip out okay what blue means you can you know draw out two more and then put one back Mm. um or you know when you've got the pumpkins and the and the strawberry chits that come out you know what does that mean so um i i think what when I first taught it, I wasn't doing that. So it was a bit of a learning for me to actually sit back a little bit more and help others, uh, you know, grasp that concept of what those actual chits mean when you, when you are pulling them out of the bag. Uh, well, having played Herb Witches, I, I do enjoy it. Um, similar to Steve, I've got Alchemist. I've just never actually played it. But um, it, it, I still remember the first time I taught somebody Quacks. And from the verbal teach, zero comprehension. They just, everybody looked at me and completely yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't keen to play the game just on how it sounded. I'm like, no, no, let's give it a go. Like, well, you'll pick it up really quickly. First turn, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, one of those games that the, the rules book and the teach doesn't make it sound appealing and isn't clearly understood. And as soon as you start playing, everybody gets it immediately. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think one of the f- couple of times that I taught it, Dave, at the end of it, they all jumped on 2D6 and bought out your stock that you had left. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was uh, a fair bit of that going on for yeah. a while. I remember someone bought that game after they played it with me. I can't, I can't think of who it was. might have been my brother. I don't know. Someone bought it after playing with me. And then they were just, they were like, I just wanted to check, but we played it the right way. I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? He's like, because I found this rules guide. Um, and it sounds like a totally different game. And I'm like, oh, okay. What's what's the what's the um, YouTube channel you went to? It's like, oh, the Dragon's Tomb. 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dragon's Tomb, but it's like a satirical board game um, uh, rules how to play channel. No. And Quacks of Quedlinburg is about how you are um, in the Rat Olympics and you're trying to race to the middle of the pile and you can you can get um, steroids and, you know, oh, it's just bizarre. <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. And I'm like, I actually now want to play the game with that rule set because it <laughs> sounds amazing. But they didn't know it was a parody. So they Googled how to play Quacks of Quedlinburg and that video has come up and they've watched it and gone, oh, this is way different to what we did with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got to remember who that was. That would be oh, confusing. Yeah. 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 Worth checking out, though. Dragon's Tomb. Definitely uh, worth worth your time. And just for those solo gamers out there, too, Quatsa Quillenberg does come with a solo variant. Um, you can Yeah, you can print it off from BGG. Um, I, I printed it off, went down to Officeworks, got all the cards all printed and done and laminated. It is cool. really challenging. So, uh, And it has, a dip, it has three different levels that you can play. So, you know, as a nice entry level, then medium, and then, you know, blow your mind hard. Hmm. Um, I still haven't won on the entry level yet. So oh, wow. even that's even that's challenging. So give, uh, yeah. give it a go, recommend it. Uh, but I think I remember Steve learning a game at your house and I bought it on the way home. Do you remember that game at all? Um, I don't know. Maybe June, June Imperium? June yeah. Imperium, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ended up buying game. it on the I way t- home. I take no credit for that. That's just that quality game. Quality yeah. game. Yeah. So, Steve, what about you? What's a what's a teach game? Uh, so, a bit of left field, actually. Um, I, I had I had three. One of them was Quack, so I won't worry about that. Um, one of them is Smartphone Inc. What I love about the teach of Smartphone Inc. is similar to what you were saying, Dave. If you explain the rules of Smartphone Inc. to someone from like without actually starting the game, they would think this game's going to take four hours, and I don't really understand what's going on because it's like it's an economic game. There's eight phases per round and there's five rounds and that just sounds like so much um but the great thing about that game is you can literally play the first round like you can you can play your teach as a round of the game if you want to like you could just literally go okay i'm here this is what we do here and then once we do that we'll move to here and then we do this and once we do that and like it just it's so easy to teach it's just a cruisy way and then you go all right and then we do that four more times and the game's over like it's it's just so easy to understand and comprehend when shown how the phases work as opposed to being told. Uh, I think it's probably the best proponent of, of that style of teaching that I've come across. So hmm. Smartphone Inc. is, I, I don't think I've ever taught it to someone where after round one, they had no idea. They all, everyone had a clue. So yeah, that's, that's that'd be one of the easier ones to teach that I enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one that I'll just quickly mention for a totally different reason I love teaching a feast for Odin because it's it's a daunting game and I love watching people learning it and being totally overawed by the 66 different worker placement spots and the map with all the negative symbols on there and all these different things going on and then you explain to them how the game works and it just clicks so quickly so the yeah everything works really easily in that game and suddenly the 66 spaces become really easy to understand because the iconography is amazing. And you get to the end of the game, people look down at their full map and maybe they've got an island and it's full too and they just go, holy moly, how, how did I do this? Like, how did I go from having no clue to just having my board look like this? I think that's really awesome. So another, another genius design that probably gets overlooked a lot because it, it is so daunting um, on setup. But uh, once you get into it, it's really easy. 
podcast. Well, being a proponent of your teachings of smartphoning, yes, you do teach it very well. Thanks, sir. I wasn't chasing a compliment, but I'll take it. No, you do. No. You do. And because um, I, I was probably one of those ones that looked at it, and went, "Oh, how long is this going to take?" And um, yeah, it was very quick, quick teach. I picked it up probably halfway through the first round. Still did terrible, but enjoyed it. I think you also taught me, but uh, big props to the best player aid in the business as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to know your two times tables, you know where to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, for mine, because I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment, I'm a big fan of teaching TI. Um, I think part of it is my love for, for Twilight Imperium and as the game, um, I've played it a lot. I, I'm fairly well versed in all of the different aspects of it. And what I've ended up actually doing often is not playing and just sort of teaching, but also supporting and mentoring through mm. the game, especially where there's new people involved. Um, I reckon I'm up to you know, at least five uh, of those where I've taught people the game. So taught a full table of people and then sort of helped and provide a support throughout the whole game. Um, still enjoy it it's a fairly fulfilling experience but it's a bit tough sometimes trying to balance and help um and sort of walk that line of yes i know you and i think you should do this but also make sure you're aware of what other people could be doing because i know they're going to do it to you <laughs> um, and and not actually bias or influence a game in any way but yeah it's a it's such an experience and i, I think it really benefits from people actually having that help um and not having to try and make their own decisions when they don't either have all the information or there's just too many options or permutations of things that you can do. So the game itself and the mechanics are really straightforward. And once you've got them down, it's kind of up to you to, to form your strategy. So often the strategy teaches more and harder than the actual mechanics in the game teach. I think uh, I can vouch for you, obviously, in that one, Dave, as well. Um, I, what I liked about what you're saying there, and sorry, someone's just dropped a bowl behind me. Um, but um, what, what I liked about that is it's, it's you're, you're giving total unbiased advice. So if you're in the game playing against me, you know, you might be suggesting things and someone would might you know, be forgiven for thinking you're giving me not the whole bit of information or you're withholding something that's going to be important to you. But because you're not actually involved, I can take everything you're saying and go, well, you're, you would only be telling me that to help me. You wouldn't be telling me that for any other reason. So I, I totally understand why that works. Yeah, and it's a, I think it's a dice tower thing, but it's one of our adages around the game group generally. It's you probably shouldn't win games that you teach because mm. you should be trying to teach people to how to play the game and to enjoy it, um, not to teach them a little bit of the information and then crush them because yes. you're better at it. Plus, it's also like um, a friend of mine sort of points out that when you when you're teaching the game, you want to show in in inefficient actions, like as the teacher, you can show here's why I did this and here's why it wasn't quite as efficient as some of the other actions. <laughs> it can really like, point out like, why. Like how battle like, works, Jim. Like, like yeah, how fighting yeah. works, yeah. <laughs> I tend to show how not to do things. That's my specialty. But the only problem with you is that you tried that you were in such a poor position to show us that we didn't actually get to see it because you were dead before you got there. Yeah. <laughs> That's how ahead of the curve I am. <laughs> I'm a pacifist at heart, you know. Uh it's also dice rolls sometimes. All right. Well, that, that's some some love. What about uh, the opposite? So, Shane, what's a game that, that you hate teaching or you've taught and you would never do again? Um, yeah, it's a good one. Probably 
and the you know the person I was playing with, it's the only game I've ever stopped playing midway because right. it's just not working out. And um, so I don't think I'd ever want to teach that game again. I think I just want to play it with someone that's played it or knows how to play it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. Um, so I've played it since and very enjoyable. Um, and I played it with someone that <clears throat> we both kind of learnt the rules, watched a playthrough video, came together, played it, and enjoyed the game. Uh, it's a fantastic game, by the way. But um, yeah, I probably wouldn't teach that game because uh, for me, it's I think you kind of got to come into that game with a bit of knowledge beforehand. Um, and uh, I think that's one game I definitely wouldn't teach. The other one I wouldn't teach, and this is props to the person that did actually teach it because I think he did a bloody brilliant job in teaching it. But I'll never play this game ever again. Is that that shit real confluence? Uh, I mentioned, this, <laughs> mentioned it a few Go episodes back. ago. Uh, and uh, I'll never, ever play that game. So I'll never want to teach it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Fair enough. Uh, G-Money, how about you? What's something that you really dislike teaching? So I only dislike it because I taught it twice at a games day, one after the other, which was Lost Ruins at Arnak. <laughs> like I literally went from one teach to the next teach and it was like six or seven hours and I was just done and I just don't ever want to do it again. I love the game. I'll play it all the time, but I think it was just having to do it twice in a row. Yeah. It was really a struggle. And it kind of like maxed out my quota for it. Um, tried to teach cloud spire once. Uh, for, fortunately for me, all the other players were well-versed in chip theory games. So it wasn't a total disaster, but um yeah, not one, not one you want to do, like just a cheeky one in the afternoon type thing. You want to dedicate a bit more time to it. So those yeah. were two that I would probably not do again. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and Steve, what about you? Uh, well, each of these three games on their own are totally fine, but teaching Zulkan followed by Teotihuacan followed by <laughs> Tekenu in the one day, I will never, ever, ever do that ever again. That was... My brain was on fire. <laughs> it was just, it was too much. Uh, so that, yes, I just wouldn't recommend that. Take them individually if you have to. Um, but oddly enough, um, one of the uh, one of my favourites, but obviously one of this podcast's favourite games, um, is City of the Big Shoulders. I I haven't had to teach that, and I don't want to teach that. Um, I enjoy playing that game with people who know how to play it, and I've been taught it, and I understand it, um, but. I just don't, I, I'm not confident in sharing the ins and outs of that game. I, I understand that it's a pretty simple, straightforward game, but it just, it just scares me. The idea of trying to explain, you know, this is, you, this is how you earn money and you don't earn that money is your company's money. It's not your money. This is your money. And then at the end, you're going to get all your share money. And it's just, it's too much for me. So I, I enjoy playing that game. I would avoid teaching it if I, if I, abs- I would teach it if someone really wanted to play it. But I wouldn't actively go and say, hey, do you want to play this game? Yeah. Having done that, because that was almost on my list, because I've done it a lot of times due to how much I love it, the main approach to it is, excuse me, the um, concept of the personal money versus the company money. And 
one of the main things that I'm doing when I teach that game is actually watch everybody and make sure they're doing it properly and sort of pull them up if they're going to put the money in the wrong place because everything else is a fairly straightforward worker placement game or, you know, buying shares and, and moving around the tracks. But that part of it just doesn't seem to click with people. So it's, it's an easy sort of thing to maintain that they can do all the rest of it and I'll just make sure they're putting their money in the right piles. Yeah. Um, the other thing about that game too is... The other thing about that game too is you, you, it doesn't matter how much you stress it. People, whatever, forever, ever, whatever reason, seem to avoid the what's the name of the track on the left? The um, appeal appeal track. appeal track, and and you're like you can't ignore that. You have to pay attention to that track, and then and then you just and then they go, oh, that wasn't a very good game. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> you totally avoided the track that you can't avoid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. that's one really important part. Yeah, it's not but, appealing if you don't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, my my hate game, the game that I actually dislike teaching, is Root. Yeah, I knew it was going to be Root. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I ref- I would refuse. Yeah, no, it it was legitimately the uh, modern board gaming, the first teach for me. So wow, it was a a base game when it first came out, and I went to a game day and I'm like, I'm going to teach Root because how hard can this teaching business be? And it turns out incredibly fucking hard and i wanted to kill myself <laughs> but not not really um but it was just an awful like teach the game itself you can't play it and teach people um almost step one so mm. the the second time around because i did it twice in a row same as g money the first game i tried to play and teach and i had to actually get someone to come in and play my game for me and just help people because each player individually needs to learn their own race and if everyone's new nobody knows what's going on yeah um, and that game really hums when everybody's in touch with their not only what they can do but what the other people are trying to do and then how to manage around them and stop them or you know mm. incentivize whatever you need to do but yeah we're playing with brand new people it's just almost impossible it's a great game but i've actually stopped playing it pretty much just because it's so hard to onboard people and get new players into it mm. It is one of those games where it would hum when everyone knows how to play it. Yeah. Similar to TI4 with Root, you kind of all have to look after your neighbor. Like you have to keep them in check. If you let the if you let the rebellion get too strong, it's going to win in Root. So you need to keep it down. Um, and if you don't get that, like with players who start the game, they don't quite understand that. Um, yeah. And they tend to not really be too aggressive. It really, yeah, it doesn't really feel like the game's being played in the right way, in a sense. It's probably a topic for another day, but it's it's asymmetry is an interesting thing, right? I thought I loved asymmetry in games, but I've worked out in the last couple of years that I don't. I love slight asymmetry. Like, I love, we're all doing the same thing, but we all have slightly different abilities that are going to help us. I don't love, we're all playing different games. Like... Like Root, like Merchant's Cove, those sort of games where you're literally doing your own thing, but you're using like a central board as the area that you're doing it, and you've really got to be in check with everyone else. I don't love those games. Like I like TI4, even though they are very different, because you're still sort of accomplishing the same goal. You know, some people might want to do it in a different way, but that's it's still the same thing. Where you know, that sometimes in Root, I'm just like I I, don't, I know I can't just focus on what I need to do, but I can't also focus on what everyone else needs to do right now. So, I think you nailed it. It's the the games that are harder in that aspect is where you have asymmetric goals as well. So mm. like Root and Chaos Order, 
you not only got asymmetric abilities and powers, you've also got completely different win conditions. And because of that, completely different ways you're going to play the game. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know what those are, you can't stop them or you can't interact with them very well. Where mm. TI, everyone's got the same goal. The goal yeah. is to get victory points and to finish objectives. And the way in the order you might be different, but you're all doing the same thing. That's right. Pulling yeah. in the same way. Yeah. Conversation right. for another time. Yeah, look, I mean, asymmetric games, are. there's a big conversation around them. I think people are getting it better these days where you've got even a slight tiny power or a way to customize your own abilities throughout the game and you start off the same. Mm. I think it is another good way to do it. But yeah, as you say, another time. <laughs> I, will, so, I will say, sorry, DG, just to cut in. Yeah. When it comes to teaching games, um, for me personally, I think it's a hard line to run, but try to get the game going as fast as you can yeah. when you're teaching. Like it, It's tempting to sort of sit there and explain each element as you go along, but I've found over time that just get people playing as fast as you can because yeah. the questions that they ask are going to do way more for explaining it than anything you can sort of say. Give them a base idea of what the game's sort of trying to do, but get them playing as quick as you possibly can because they'll yeah. figure it out faster than you can sort of explain it. Yeah, agree. Actually, you just made me think of another great game there, G-Money, that's a great game to teach, and that's Dwellings of Eldervale. Mm. Um, I love teaching that game because that first, uh, the peace phase that only lasts kind of one round, it's great because you can focus on all of the placement and movement and all that sort of rules without ever going into combat because no one's really being affected by... Like, you're not placing anything in those instances. The only thing that might happen is someone might put a dwelling which may impact them when they go to combat. But it's so minimal that you can literally get people started, get people understanding how to place the workers and take the actions. And then when everyone's pulled back the first time, then you go, right, now this is how combat works and this is how the war phase works, you know? So it kind of, people are already invested at that point. And I think we've probably all been, sorry, DJ, but I think we've probably all been in a um, position where we're learning a game for the first time and the, and the teacher who's going to start teaching it to you and we're, we're, we're ones that just want to learn as we go, pulls out the rule book and then starts reading page by page. <laughs> Have you experienced that? Yeah. yeah. First time I learned Architects of the West Kingdom, we went through the whole bloody rule book before we actually started playing the game. Yeah. So, I guess that outlines the, the 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 effort that people put into their teach. Like it shouldn't be understated that it's not an easy thing to do to teach people how to play no. a board game. Especially like it's actually find it's harder to teach um, seasoned board gamers than it is to teach new newcomers um, because they're going to ask all those edge questions that you don't weren't going to cover. But the amount of research and time and effort it takes to understand a game to teach it. Um, it, it shows when you have someone teaching you a game, like you said, Shane, where they're just working out of the book and it just feels like it's totally do- doesn't flow. So, yeah, like props to anyone who takes the time to be a teacher because it's... Yeah, it's uh, tough. So, it's tough, yeah. but... Um, and that's, you know, we all struggled. I struggled very early on have, having to teach, but then I think the biggest compliment you can get is from gamers when they say, you taught that really well at the end of it. Thank you for the teach. That was brilliant. Or even no. if they don't, even if they just say, oh, I really like that, that that's yeah. pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. They're not going to yeah. like it if you if your ball's up the teach. Yeah. You're going to have to, when you go into a teach, you're going to know there's going to be a point where I've lost them. Yeah. And then you're going to have to let them sort of 
get back on track and just sort of help them as they get back on. But there's going to be a point where you're going to lose some people. I think we've all been a part of that. And I think, as I mentioned at the start, we're all fairly seasoned teachers of games. So it was actually quite a good segue into the next uh, conversation piece. So what is the favorite way that you guys have to approach a teacher or to like setting it up? Do you, do you go and do your research or do you figure out how to play the game, even if you haven't or do you refresh yourself? Um, so maybe I'll start this time with you, Steve. What's, what's the way that you sort of approach teaching a game? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit, I'm very self-conscious. So I will, um, I will make sure that I've always played a game first or at least run through the first start of it. Like, you know, just to, just, just to know that I can get people started and I understand enough of it to keep them going. If it's a new game that everyone's dying to play, I might not have had a chance to play it. But um, I, I really only encourage playing, if I'm teaching a game, playing games that I am comfortable with teaching um, uh, until I've played a game a couple of times or, you know, maybe if my wife and I want to play a game, we'll sit down and we'll kind of learn it together and then play it a couple of times before we'd ever teach it to anybody else. Um, but one thing, a few things that I learned along the way and I guess that's the big thing, right? Because I, I thought I was a good teacher of games until I taught someone who just pulled me up on so many little things. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't talk about that enough. And and the thing that I don't talk about enough, even though I love theme in games, I ignore the theme when I do a teach. And I'm trying very hard to not be that person anymore because the theme is something that someone may just attach themselves to and that's going to help them learn how to play the game. I was actually Shannon, who's part of the... Um, Thursday night board game crew over at Dan's house um, in was that like South Brisbane um, that actually taught me that. And he didn't tell me that he j I just saw it. Like I was explaining how to play Raiders at the North sea and I was explaining, Oh, this card does this and this card does that. And he's like, and he looked at one of the cards. He's gone, Oh, that makes sense because it's a, it's a berserker. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. That does make sense because it's a berserker. And then the next card came out and he's like, Oh, that makes sense because it's this. I'm like, Man, you are so right that you are making this so much easier because you're making that attachment to the theme and I'm not. So I totally changed how I taught the rest of the game and I was very much like, and this card's a this, which means it'll do that, you know, because otherwise it wouldn't make sense if it did this, you know. And so, yeah, it's something, the big thing that I learned um, and it was only about a, probably a year and a half ago was to, if, if you can make a tie to the theme, make a tie to the theme. Um, and even if it's not very thematic, make a joke about the theme. So one of my favorite games is Early On, and it's like the most, there is no, even in the rule book, they give you a paragraph of theme. So I always just, I elaborate on that like crazy now. I'm like, yeah, well, you're a knight. So of course you want to go, you know, sailing your boat from this town to that town. That makes total sense for a knight to be standing on the front of the boat going, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just to, so people who need that attachment can have it and it just makes it easier to learn. So that's probably the big thing that I've learned in the last period of time is, yeah, take advantage of the fact that games are thematic. And that's awesome. And just while you were talking about it, I was sort of connecting to myself the games that I actually enjoy teaching, like Big Shoulders and TI. I do make a concerted effort to connect to the theme, you know, like the, the Chicago and the um, companies that are real and there's all the blurbs that are on them. Like I actually tell people to look at it and, and pick mm -hmm. based on that. Yeah. Um, same with TI, like it's, you've got to get into your theme of your race. So I, I think you're right. That's the more successful teachers that I've done and games that I've done are heavily connected to the theme. Whereas probably Arnak, which which doesn't have really that much of a theme in the first place, G-Money, it's a bit harder to, to sort of get that across to people. 
You, you try and bring in the Indiana Jones thing, but it doesn't work. Yeah. You can only wear a hat so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the game lends itself to it. Like um, Bradley, um, uh, who does a few of the teachers for TI around Brisbane, he gets super <clears throat> into it. I don't know if anybody's been a part of one of his gaming sessions, um, but he brings laser pointers so that you can point out pieces of the map if you need to sort of reference things. He's got a gavel, so when you're passing the laws, he, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, gavels wow. the That's laws. Good. Like, That's good. Um, he's got a little marker board which sets the turn order for the turn. Like he is, he is into it, and all those sort of things just add to the, yeah. I guess, the flow of the game. Mm. Um, G money, what about you? What's um, what's your approach to teaching? Um, yeah, I try to make sure I know what I'm doing to start with. Um, and then I, I always like to set everything up, obviously, like, you know, take a seat, um, make sure everyone knows who everyone is, sort of introduce everybody. Um, this is all pretty common sense stuff, but, um, and then I, I find, I try to engage with people as much as possible. I think like, you know, having a dialogue going, cause most players, when they're playing a game or, te- uh, or learning a game for the first time, they're very reserved. Like they sort of are focused on what they're doing. And everyone's kind of just like, you know, focused on what their what their moves are and stuff like that. So I try to create a bit of levity around the table by joking and bringing in a bit of like, oh, that's what they would do because they're them. Same kind of thing with the law. You know, you're kind of trying to explain why certain things act or do the way they're doing. And I feel like that really gels everything together so everyone can have a really good time and have fun, which is, you know, what we're trying to do, I guess, at the end of the day. So... So, yeah, I guess I see it as my role is to kind of broker the whole experience rather than just let everyone sort of heads down, Mm. focused on the cards or whatever they're playing and sort of try to, you know, create a bit of fun. Nice. All right, Shane, what about yourself? Yeah, so I pull out the rule book and read page one. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It works every time. No, no, I am. Well, I'm similar to G. Actually, I, I like to uh, engage everyone around the table, uh, introduce everyone, and um, but then I, I, I give a very uh, high level objective of the game, along with a bit of history about the game. So you know, if there's any theme there, I'll, I'll talk to that, um, and then move to the basic um, actions within the game, um, and and then talk talk them through each action as well. Uh, but again, very high level because I'm all about let's just get to the game and you'll learn it as we go. Um, and then I also talk about you know you know some strategies, some hints and tips to think about when you're making a move or you know. Um, but but also to you know any any little hidden thing, hidden moves or hidden ways they can earn points, and, and of course talk about you know what wins the game. Um, and then I'm into it, so. Pretty much, it's just you know, head down. Let's get straight into it, and you'll learn as we go. And uh, and I kind of, I've, I've learned over the years of teaching a game not to be in the game as well. Um, so now I'm sitting to the side, and I, I assist and and help uh, with every every move. All right. Well, I mean, we reference a few times and experiences that we've had in teaching games in the past. I think um, for me personally, I've been taught a game by all three of you, and I've taught games to all three of you. Um, it's a great experience for me. And so there's a lot of positive feedback. I don't think that you get too much negative feedback when you're teaching, but have you guys got a, a story or a time when <laughs> a teach didn't go so well? Or I, I know you're laughing, Steve, because I can think of one pretty clearly. 
Well, I don't know if it'd be the Dave one. Dave Rose was. Uh, no, no, actually, it wasn't. I wasn't referring to that. I was. I was thinking yeah. more of myself. But um, <laughs> I did. Um, I, I kind of developed this reputation early on of teaching games and forgetting to tell people how to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> because usually important it, well the thing is it's not that like and i'm not making this sound like i'm some sort of hero but it's not important to me like i don't play games to win so i tell people how to play the game and all the things they can do and you know we get into it and they're all having fun and then i'm like oh yeah by the way <laughs> um if you get a few of these you're gonna get some victory points and it's it's happened it happened a few times and i got called on it and i'm like oh man so I, that's another thing that i make a concerted effort to tell people now is how to win the game. And one of the people who called me on it was also part of Dan's Thursday night group. And he always jokes about it. He always like, he's like, so Steve, how do we win the game? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you yeah, know, I, um, I, I have a bit of a bad reputation of that, but um, <laughs> um, I, I feel like I've feel like I've fixed that now. So, uh, but um, as far as an individual game that I've tried to teach that didn't go well, um, it's actually a game that I love teaching, and that's Viticulture. Um, I taught Viticulture during the Virtual Gaming Con six-player with the expansion with um, um, Tuscany, and a couple of players had never played Viticulture before, but I didn't think to quantify to, to qualify it and say, you know, people who play Viticulture, I can teach you Tuscany. But teaching everything to six players, new, online, in the middle of the night because I was doing it like two o'clock in the morning. So I was in American time and it was a good time for them. Um, that was the, one of the worst experiences I've had teaching a game. And bizarrely enough, that's actually where I met Thomas and Thomas was really happy. He was like, this is great. So thanks so much for doing this. And I'm like, I'm about to give up board gaming and find another hobby after that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. We just had a, one person in particular who just wasn't getting it and, that slowed everything down and it was just, it was, it became a very tiresome thing. So yeah, that was my, that's my worst experience teaching. Yeah. Right. What about you, G money? Um, uh, most of the time they end up all right. I did try to teach a game of pipeline once and um, it just didn't go well. It, we got through it all, but it was kind of like I could only teach it for like half of the game and then had to leave them to finish the rest off and just made a few sort of key errors at the start. But um, it all ended up all right, but just didn't feel good. Like it was rushed and, yeah, it just didn't feel like I did a very good job. So most of the time it goes all right. Um, uh, but, yeah, sometimes you've just got to gotta struggle through the start a bit and hope that people sort of get into it and take, take it from there. So hmm. how'd you go when you taught the West Trilogy? Oh, that, that wasn't... Time? Yeah, Is that, that all right? Was... That was just exhausting. Yeah, you know, I was. I, I feel like Steve. You know, Steve with your, all your tea, your tea day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was me teaching all those. I wasn't going to mention Garfield games, but it's probably the second time I've done it today in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was trying to hold off, um, but yeah, that was it. Was fun. Like I really enjoyed teaching every one of those games, and uh, enjoyed everyone's experience as well during those games. Um, but damn, I was. I think you guys saw me at the end of it. I was spent. My brain was, you know, fried. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even get through a game of baseball highlights. I couldn't. No. I was like, what are we playing? <laughs> it's actually, I reckon that's a hard trio to teach in a row, though, because there's such a jump 
from architects to paladins. So mm-hmm. people go in and they've learned architects and go, oh, that was really yeah, easy and flowed. And then they get into paladins and like, whoa, wow, this has been turned up a few notches. So you'd, you'd almost, yeah, that, that, that'd, be a hard, that'd be a hard three, I'd think. And then you go to Viscounts and then you try and explain, you know, attacking on the castle. Yeah. And, oh, whew. One yeah. of the greatest, one of the greatest mechanisms in all gaming. That oh, yes, I love it. It is brilliant. That's side point. <laughs> uh, hashtag Garfield love. There is, there's a lot of love. We will get through an episode without me mentioning it because it's generally me. No, we won't. I'll mention or, it. Why would you Steve. make those sort of promises? Yeah. Or Steve. Yeah. Promises you can't keep. <laughs> I, I did. I did see a post today on on Facebook in the one of the board game groups. Uh, someone's top nine games. Oh, all Wayfarers. All Wayfarers. You saw it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, which I think we all do, which I think is super important when you're teaching games. I don't do it because I teach games. I just do it whenever I play a game. But um, and I, and I think again, I think you guys, most of you do too. Uh, I always talk out my terms. Yes. So I never mm. do a term without letting people know what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's super important when you're teaching. So they, because a lot of people will follow the teachers. If you are playing a game with people and not just teaching them, a lot of people will tend to follow the teacher's lead. So if you're explaining what you're doing and why you're doing it, then they can then make an educated decision on that as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, for me, I think the it's been a bit of a rough trot lately because in a good way, all of the Kickstarter games have been coming through uh, very rapid succession. So the problem that I have with getting all the Kickstarter games is then trying to teach people and to play them. Um, so I've had a few experiences over the last little while where I've been trying to learn a game and either run out of time or just didn't really you know, plan ahead well enough. Um, and so trying to sort of unpunch and learn and teach and play all at the same time. Um, so it's been a bit of a, a rough trot of late. And I think, the gaming group that I play with is pretty um, forgiving, which is good, but there's a lot of rule book checking for things and it's not a flowing, quick experience. Whereas I think this week we played Darkest Dungeon and the game and the setup and the pack down of the game probably took longer than we actually played the game for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we all just gave up and we did one mission like, yeah, that was okay. Let's just play June because the new expansion for June is Unreal and we all know how to play it. So we just <laughs> packed it away after one go and got straight onto June. Um, so I, it, teaching is, it's something that we all do, but it, I think it's quite a, a hard thing. And I think we've all said as well, if you do it too much, or if you make that your sole focus, it's sort of draining and it makes it a bit hard for you to play and engage with the, the hobby. I agree. And I think one of the biggest compliments too, is when you can actually walk away from the ones that you're teaching and just leave them alone for a bit. Yeah. Um, I've often, I, I think I taught Ark Nova one day at a game day showed him the rounds, you know, quite a few times and then just walked away. I said, I'm over at this table. I ended up started playing. I think I was playing Red Cathedral with a few people. And I said, I'm over here if you need me. But they played the whole game. And then I, I went back to help them with final scoring. Nice. And it's one of the things with game days that you have access to a lot of established gamers that know how to play a lot of games. Yes, correct. usually can get some help. And, cool. and often somebody knows how to, even if it's not a scheduled organized thing somebody will be able to teach you that game most likely one of my greatest memories of teaching games was at a game day i might have been you dave or i might have been someone else who just grabbed me and said 
there's this old lady here and she wants to learn how to play a board game. She was like Ticket 95. So yeah, we sat down and I taught a ticket to ride. And that right. was like the one of the coolest experiences. That would, that would have been special. Yeah. Yeah. She, cool. And the, everyone else at the table was riding to it for her. And it was just, it was almost like the, the other three people at the table and I were literally just doing it for her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she loved it. She had a great time. I don't know how much, you know, whether she'd play it again or whatever else, but it didn't matter. She had a great time for an hour and learned how to play ticket to ride. It was great. One of my most memorable experiences actually involves you, Steve. And um, it was, I think it was the day you were actually teaching all those Tao. You did the, all those uh, big yeah, T marathons. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I, I flagged you in for Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. And seeing your face after round one just went, oh, yeah, that's it. I can retire as a teacher. He <laughs> loves this game. Yeah, I don't even think, I think I only played round one. You did. Because I had to go back for another teach. <laughs> but it was, I was just, because that game, I'd, I'd had that game for a while, because I, you know, probably the same as you got it when with the Kickstarter or the pre-order or whatever it was. And I just looked at it and went, whoa, no, not now. And then you taught me and I was still in that frame of mind. But after the first round, I'm like, oh, this is my game. <laughs> so many combos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I still remember the um, the teach that I did of Black Rose Wars, which is still one of my favorites, where we basically invented a new rule set because <laughs> <laughs> the rules for the game are not great in the first place. And I was trying to teach while running a pop-up shop yes. in, the, in the middle of a, a, a gaming weekend at BrizzCon. Um, and I just assumed that I remembered how to play the game and I did not. <laughs> But you know what, Dave? You, you you're pretty hard on yourself for that. I had a great time. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it was the way we played it. I, I made a decision that I didn't that I, that game's not for me. But that had nothing to do with Dave Rose Wars or Black Rose Wars or like it was. I I thought like in the end, I don't care whatever we played. It was a great time for a couple of hours. So yeah, don't don't, don't beat yourself up so hard on that one. <laughs> uh, never let the rules get in the way of a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, look, that's that's almost an hour. I think we've done some good talking about uh, teaching of games, and um, I think we're all going to continue to do it. So nobody's changed their mind about it. Is there any game that we're specifically looking forward to teaching at any stage in the near future? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. to do the Everdell with all the expansions. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I'm actually looking forward to teaching Dave, the Godfather. Mm. Yep, I think yep. I'll enjoy that. Yep. Um, I've recently, Raph and I have started playing Marvel United, um, and I've only got the base version, but I'm looking forward to showing everyone that game because that is a very simple game that plays in about a half an hour, which I think anyone would really enjoy, especially if they've got some Marvel mm. fandom, but even if they don't, I was so surprised at how easy that game was. So I almost even went, oh, maybe I've invested too much money in the wrong Marvel game. But then I played Marvel Champions again. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But um, it's really good. And I, I've only played it with Raph, but I'm very keen to show others because it's so simple and it's cooperative and cooperative is easy to teach. So. Cool. Lovely. Well, I'm looking I... forward to learning a game on my own though because, you know, I'm going back to some solo gaming routes. I had Dawn of the Zeds arrive uh, this week, and I have four bo- four rule books to read <laughs> before I can even start playing this sucker. 
<laughs> I actually reached out to Mitch, uh, who's a big fan of this game, and I said, where do I start? And he said, at the start. And I went, oh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, it looks like a monster. And I also had Star Trek Frontiers arrive as well, so... Nice. Very, very pleased to have both of those games in my collection. Is that a Santa purchase, is there? No, no, it was just Boxing Day sales. Nice. Well, yeah, I'm particularly looking forward to Weather Machine showing up, and I really want to get a, a few games of that in. Like, I, I do like a good Lacerda, and I think that that can be one, especially with the Lacertas, that you can learn them um, and then try and play with people, but it's still going to be a big experience either way. Mm. Looks great. So, topic for next pod, I um, I had a thought. So, the board gaming hobby is fairly big and broad, and the main part of it is playing games, but there's a whole bunch of other aspects that go along with board gaming or that are board gaming adjacent. So, I'd be keen for us to talk about uh, what are some other parts of board gaming that we enjoy or don't enjoy that aren't playing games. Like printing yeah. inserts and stuff like that? Yeah. Or collecting or selling or, you know, searching out rare games or, you know, looking at solo variants. Some people like to make their own board games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, cool. te- Teaching is an aspect of it that it's a side part that sometimes, as we talked about, we prefer to teach and not play. So there's a lot of other things that go along with board game as a, as a hobby. I'd be keen to sit and talk about what they are. Yeah, that'd be good. That's a good topic. And um, I think G's, money, G's topic as well around, uh, was it New Year's? Resolution for board games, is that right, mate? Or Yeah, just like... Could, be, um, could know, be topic two. Given that it's the time of year, um, mm-hmm. what do people like to do for their resolutions? You know, see a lot of 10 by 10 or oaths or stuff like that and what works, what doesn't work, you know, that kind of stuff. That sounds like a great one too. And Lucky Phil is going to host next episode. Lucky Phil um, and we do have the next host after that, which we can chat when we stop recording about Rare yeah. treat, lucky yeah. Phil. A rare treat. Yeah. <laughs> but as always, if you're listening and you would like to be on as the host or a guest or um, if you're involved in any way, please reach out to one of us. We're more than happy to, to arrange things and make the dreams happen. My wife yeah. actually asked, when am I going to be on the show? I'm like, oh, really? You want to yes. be on the show? <laughs> Helen on. More Helen. Well, actually, I said, I said, oh, we've already got a Helen. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no Helen's club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Helen. Uh, but um, before we do wind up, I do want to say congratulations to the Brisbane North Board Gamers Guild and and DG and uh, and uh, and all the commu- you know the community members are in the committee. We hit five hundred members today. Which is uh, pretty exciting, and um, uh, congrats! I think it's uh, it's awesome to to see that you know we've got such a you know great community that are just willing to join. Us. What is such a little community group when you think about it? So great work! Yeah, there'll be some uh, some Facebook activities you can get involved with, but we'll be uh, mentioning those soon. But obviously, very appreciative for everybody that participates and helps out with the organisation of the game days yeah. and things like that. Yep, uh, it's it's invaluable all that help that we get. Um, yeah, so thank you everyone, and uh, great work. Mm-hmm.